0: Support for this podcast comes from the Patrons at patreon.com slash Hi and welcome to Serlin on game design episode 9 pendente and today with me is a and mr. G phantom How's it going today guys? Hey, how's it going? Hey, let's talk about Pandante because there is a Kickstarter for this incredible game. (laughs) Isn't that right? (laughs) Yes, there is. And
1: it's awesome. I'm a big fan of Pandante. I'm really excited for this.
0: Okay, well, let's tell people what Pandante is even about because people might not be familiar with it. So it is a gambling game that is panda themed and it's about lying. That's one of the main things. Do you have any take on it or any spin you'd like to tell people? I would summarize it as poker where you actually get to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't set out to make it like a fixed version of poker, but people have said that a lot. It kind I mean, I guess it kind of is. So the two things we should talk about there is for expert players, like super hardcore players, and then for just casual regular people. So for the hardcore people, I think it has a higher skill ceiling. You have more moves and more maneuvers, and there's more ways to show that you are more skilled than your opponent. Right. There's more Isn't evaluation there? yeah. choices, and there's more signaling, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's not based solely on luck, how actual poker is. You kind of really need to draw a good hand in the beginning. And in Pendente, you can actually work for it. And so, you know, that's just, there's a skill behind that.
0: Well, I'm not saying poker is all luck because a better poker player would win in the long run. It's just that you have more tools. So like I said, if you were more skilled, you have more ways to pull ahead. Um, But maybe we should talk about the casual people also because that's even a bigger effect. So in regular poker, it's correct to fold a lot, like a huge amount. (laughs) Like how how much would you say? I mean, 60 percent. I was going to say at
2: least 80 percent.
0: Yeah. Okay. yeah, Yeah, sure. Sure.
1: I mean, if you're playing for serious, you should fold a lot until you get a hand that you can actually win with.
0: And the reason for that is that there's a small number of playable hands. Most hands that you could be dealt are just not good enough to stay in. Do you think that's correct? Yeah, that's that's
2: factually correct.
0: Mm-hmm. That's factually. Okay, it's super correct then. <laughs> What's kind of interesting here is that in Pandante, I didn't set out to fix that because it's boring. I mean, that would have been reasonable if I said that. But actually, what happened is that we really want the core mechanic of Pandante to come through of trying to win by lying. And we want as many players as possible in the running to be liars or to be challengers to those liars. So we want everyone to stay in. And we did all sorts of things to make folding way worse than a normal poker. And then it turns out that all the things we did, which are very effective, that make you not fold as much, they also just make it more fun. I mean, yeah, it's good that people are eligible to be liars, but it's just more fun if everyone is still playing the whole time, right? Yeah, of course. (laughs) And no elimination, another very important thing. When you play Pandante serious for real money, you should probably play it with elimination like regular poker, but there is a very solid mode to play it where nobody's eliminated.
1: Mm -hmm. I find regular poker very cutthroat. It's very hard to play poker with people who are really good with poker as a casual player. So I I like Pandante because I feel like a casual player could still play with a high level Pandante player and probably still have fun.
2: It's funny because I agree, but I would say it's as the perspective of the expert poker player, right? Where if you're an expert poker player playing with your friend who has no idea, it to be really frustrating because his moves are basically going to be random and the winner of the game is going to be decided on. Basically, just at some point, he's going to go all in and probably lose or, you know, whatever happens. Right. But in Pandante, even if the, you're playing with people much worse than you, you could still have an interesting game going on.
0: So one aspect there is if you were to play regular poker, no limit. Let's say I felt that I had a little bit of an advantage on the current hand that we're playing. And I'm going to really put the screws on you and turn them and just make you sweat because I'm going to bet so high that it's like psychological warfare. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's a good move in poker and that's why it's difficult for most families to play poker together cuz <laughs> it's like psychological warfare with each other you can't actually do that in pandante it's closer to limit poker it's a little bit in between cuz you can still raise a fair amount but I guess you can in Limit Poker too. But I wonder to what is your view on that? Like, it's, oh, it's definitely less psychological warfare than no Limit Poker, but what about compared to Limit Poker?
2: Well, the betting structure is quite similar to the amount of betting you could do in Limit Poker. But the thing that gives Pandante a bit more of that psychological warfare element, because Limit Poker is like... The most benign and like sleep inducing activity I think I can think of. <laughs> but um, but Pandante is a lot more interesting because of the abilities, which I guess we can go over. Because once you add the abilities in, there's a lot of ways to directly interact with a specific player or with the table at large. And it gives you a secondary means of, you know, trying to intimidate people or trying to trick people without just relying on betting as the only outlet.
0: Somehow it turns out to be just like fun and happy and not cutthroat, and I can't quite explain why that is, but it definitely does in all the playtests I've seen.
2: Yeah, and that's true even for me. And I'm a totally cutthroat kind of person, and people still have fun playing against me. So yeah, I don't I actually I've never even thought about why that is, but yeah, I would agree.
0: I don't know. There's some kind of magic sauce going on. I'll just be thankful I think it's, it's the there. Pandas. <laughs> a lot of my my other games are very cutthroat. Like YoMi is very cutthroat. Right, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Pandante people just are smiling the whole time.
1: It feels like a lot of crazy things are going on. You know, it doesn't feel like so calculated movements. They're, they are calculated movements, so I don't want to say they aren't, but kind of the craziness of the interactions with the abilities and getting cards and snacking, I don't know, it just Actually, feels I think, so I think appealing. I, I
2: could I could kind of summarize what you're saying. Is that, you know, if you take a game like Magic the Gathering, where some of the time... You really want to focus on what you're doing and not at all what the opponent's doing. And then compare that to Yomi, where you always have to be focused on what the opponent's doing. Pandante, especially for a poker game, has a lot of just focus on yourself elements to it. You know, with the betting board and with your own abilities and like, you know, your own snacking and try to improve your own hand. There's a lot of being able to focus on yourself, which I think makes people more comfortable with the game.
0: Yeah, that could be it. Uh, I guess we should just explain a little more about how the game works for people who are not familiar. So you are dealt two of your own private cards, and then there's three steps along the way, which we call the splash, pause, and tail. And that's where the dealer splashes three community cards onto the table, and then during the pause, a fourth one, and then during the tail, a fifth one. And between each of those, you have a chance to bet. You cannot bet any amount, though. You can only bet two gold. And you don't just bet abstractly. You actually bet on a specific hand that you're claiming to have by the end of the game. So if you were to bet a flush, bet two gold on a flush, that means either you have a flush, you're claiming you have a flush right now, or you're claiming that you'll have it by the end. And you might not, you know, you could take a risk. Now this raises some questions. Why not just bet the lowest all the time? Or why not just bet the highest all the time? Well, as the rounds go on, you can increase your bet, Sorry, not the not the gold amount, but the strength of hand. You can bet on higher and higher hands as those three betting rounds go on, or the same one every time, but you can never bet lower. You can never ratchet yourself down. So if you bet high, you're kind of painting yourself into a corner because you are claiming you're gonna have this really high hand at the end. And you know, what if you don't? You'll be called out. So then you might say, well, why not just bet super low? Well, there's this mechanic called snacks that's very key to the game. If you claim that you have the best hand, which could be totally fabricated. But if you claim it, then you get free snacks. That means you get to draw a card and discard a card for free. Everyone else, if they want snacks, they're going to have to pay gold. And they have to pay more gold the bigger the distance below you in hand strength they are. So if they are just have a barely worse hand, they're claiming they might only pay two gold. But they could pay, say, ten gold or something if they're claiming to have a much worst hand. So that tension is really interesting. By the way, you're trying to make the best hand you can out of the five community cards and two cards in your hand. But after all those cards are out, then there is an ability round, and there are six pretty simple abilities, and you can do up to two of them. Then after that, there's just one little quick step where you can upgrade your hand to a higher hand if you need to, because the abilities you just did might have changed the cards that you have. And then it's the showdown. Whoever claims the highest wins, unless someone challenges them as a liar and calls them out. So it's five gold if you lied and you get called out, which is a very small penalty, actually. It's not too bad to be called out as a liar. But if you false accuse someone who has a real hand, you have a very large penalty of 5X, where X is the number of players. So if there's, say, a five-player game, that would be 25 gold if you false accused someone. That number being so high allows people to sometimes get away with winning by lying. And that's the highest honor in Pandante. And if you do it, then in this new version of the game, you get a golden panda coin. But let's come back to that. So that's the that's the basics. Did I miss anything? I think I got it.
1: I think you got it. I don't know. Yeah? You made the game, so you, you should know.
0: <laughs> okay, just checking. Uh, so what I want to tell people about is partly is what did we do to streamline the game in this new edition? Because we did a lot. It plays a lot faster than it used to. It's simpler and the rules are easier to explain. And then also we added a bunch of new content. And normally we would emphasize how cool this new content is. But because this is a game design podcast, I think people might be even extra interested in why did we change some of the rules here and there? And how did we do it? and What, what was the thinking behind it?
1: Mm hmm.
0: So we could start with that, I think.
1: Sure, let's start with that.
0: Okay, so <laughs> I'll just list off some of these changes we did to streamline the game and uh, you guys give your thoughts on it if you want. Uh, the first one is just really simple and you start the game with 44 gold rather than 50 and we did that to reduce the number of chips that you need to play the game. So that's pretty simple. But the next one is a much bigger deal. There was a step called breakfast before and we removed that step. During that step, you could buy a new hand. And if you didn't, then you kept your hand from the previous gambit. Each uh, round of Pandante, or something is called a gambit. I don't know. What do you guys think of that change? It
1: was always kind of hard to remember who had to pay and who didn't have to pay.
0: Yes, the memory issue.
1: Especially, and there was an ability that forced you to get breakfast. And so that got messy there. And basically just all this, there's all this rule stuff that was involved with it. It was kind of complicated. Right.
2: Yeah, specifically the one rule that I kind of initially fought for in the beta version of Pandante, which eventually got included, was when Breakfast existed, a strategy we discovered was you would always just bet if your hand was awful and you know you're not really going to have a good chance of making a hand, like Mm -hmm. let's say you have two blue cards in your hand and the board is like you have the one, two that are blue and the board comes out seven, eight, nine, it's black and it's a six person game. You know that's a pretty ridiculously hopeless situation so what we'd end up doing is just betting straight flush over and over and then folding at the end so that way no one else really wanted to bet no one really wanted to get snacks no one really wanted to do much of anything because we're just bullying them so the way we fixed that was that if you uh fold as the highest claimed hand you must pay for breakfast basically you get punished for for being a bully when you have no intention of trying to win right but now that yeah. breakfast is been removed entirely We don't need to have that little rule to just put a Band-Aid over an annoying strategy. We just don't need that stuff anymore. And it makes the game much easier to learn and to explain in its entirety to a new player.
1: That's a rule no one ever, I think, remembered. I mean, I forgot that rule several times
0: yeah so something that people can keep in mind is just the overall rule of thumb of how we're operating here and in making this new version of Pandante is that there's so many things where I originally had this idea of how it seems like part of the game should work this way and it was a good instinct. It made sense. It's coherent with the other things I wanted. But when you really work out the details of like, okay, if we accept that rule, then there's consequences and there's some inelegant thing somewhere else that we're going to have to add. So as we tested the game, we got into situations where we're like, we really need to add this inelegant rule or else the game doesn't work. And I always erred on the side of, well, the game needs to work. (laughs) <laughs> right. but, but the result is, we had this rule—the one you just said—where if you fold as the highest hand, yeah, as the yeah, highest yeah, claimed, if you, right. mm-hmm. yeah, if you fold as the highest claimed hand, then you're forced to get breakfast. It feels so arbitrary, and it's difficult to remember. And when we explain it to new people, we would just leave it out because it's mm-hmm. like so weird. Yeah. So I'm really glad that we don't have to have that rule anymore. It's just much simpler. There's also the other rule. If you win, you have to get a new hand. So you get, a, you get a new breakfast and as another exception, it's free rather than you paying for it. Mm-hmm. That's so like if you got a pair of 10s or something and then you win, it seems crappy to keep a pair of 10s again for free, like forever. <laughs> yeah, but we don't have to have that rule either. So you got rid of two mm-hmm. rules right there. Yeah. More than two, really, because there's the black ability in the original game refers to breakfast. It kind of needed that to be fair.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. And And also the the, uh, purple ability from the original game was kind of confusing to new players where you could use it. And then after immediately getting this new hand from the fold ability, you could then get a breakfast also. Like now the new way the fold ability is where it is much easier for people to understand.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying there. That ability is like a super fold. That's like the point. The point is you get to fold and then have a better shot at your next gambit. And maybe it was a little counterintuitive how that actually worked. Yeah. It still does that basically. Right, it's it the works same the same underlying concept, but it's just spelled out in a clearer way. So the next thing is very simple change. The ante used to be one gold and now it's three gold. The ante is the amount of gold that you pay to the pot. Each player pays to the pot at the beginning of the gambit. So what people may very well not realize, it's not obvious at all, is there's this exception we had about during the three betting rounds, you cannot fold during the first one, but you can fold during the second and third. And why is that? It sounds so random. It's like, <laughs> what? Like, what? Yep. If you, should you be able to fold anytime you could bet? And the reason is actually because in the two player game only, it was a little broken if you could just invest one gold and fold. Do you remember that, Afodix?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there was just a lot of instant folding and having to redeal like over and over because, I mean, the investment was just so low. You just weren't punished enough wanting to do
0: that yeah it's especially in two player because if you could skip a gambit you're skipping who has the dealer button so is it worth one gold to basically toggle who has the dealer button right and there is a force that counteracts that which is that if you decide to do that you're allowing the other person to have a better chance of winning by lying and getting a gold panda coin it's not like it was totally broken but it was broken enough that we needed to say no you ne- you really need to invest 3 gold it starts to function better at that point but we don't need that rule anymore now <laughs> and it's basically like saying everyone has to buy breakfast which used to cost 2 and anti 1 that totals 3 and now we say look just pay 3 just always pay 3 mm-hmm. and just always get a new hand and that allows us to get rid of well we've said four rules so far <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah two from the first thing plus a third one on one of the abilities plus this fourth one about the exception on when you can fold
1: I remember going to Indicate and we were showing this game off. And a lot of these rule changes were kind of based off that experience. <laughs> At least I thought it was. And yeah, so, yeah,
0: I think so. I mean, yeah. that, by then we'd have time to reflect on these things and could kind of see it with new eyes, mm-hmm. know how to how to fix things up. Yeah, yeah. So the, the next thing is probably the most controversial change. And that is the abilities can no longer be challenged. And when people first hear that who like Pandanti, they're a little skeptical because they're like, oh, well, isn't that isn't that one of you know, important parts of the game. Like someone wants to do a certain ability and they're supposed to have the correct colored card in their hand to be able to do that ability. So you'd say, for example, I want to do the green ability. Then you'd go around the table and go, okay, player one, do you want to challenge that? player two, do you want to challenge that? And so Mm -hmm. on. Or you might say, I want to do the red and the blue abilities or something. And then you'd have to ask each person if they want to challenge Does Do you think they have a red and a blue? Do you think they have a red and a blue?
1: Yeah, it took a long time. It took a really long time.
0: It did. It took a long time. And the problem is that there's just too much time compared to what it brought to the game so people could point out cases where it's interesting and there definitely were those cases especially interactions between claiming to have like a flush or a floosh which a floosh is of four cards in the same color Mm -hmm. of course any panda would know that but uh (laughs) between like a red floosh and then maybe doing the red ability which was a raise it's like if you if you're claiming to have the red cards like you're also claiming to have the ability. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. The problem is there's too many times that it's not interesting. Mm -hmm. And I bet you remember from Indycade stuff like someone (laughs) said someone does the purple ability, which is the super fold. And then you got to go around the table like, do you think they have the purple? Do you think? And just everybody just is like, yeah, whatever, just fold. But it takes all this time to ask Mm -hmm. that question.
1: Yeah, totally. Absolutely. There were just some abilities that just want to kind of go through. Uh, purple was one of them purple was probably the most constant it was always look i'm going to purple and then almost basically no one would ever challenge maybe one guy like one guy in a hundred games might do it and then it's like weirdly exciting but it's kind of
0: not worth it same with the green ability which is to draw a card by the way i changed the names of all these abilities to be like more normal like drawing a card is called draw Mm. (laughs) (laughs) right right like so you can just say the you know the word like when yeah. the ability where you look at someone else's hand is called peek, so
1: mm-hmm. you could
0: just say like, "I want to draw it. I want to peek." Mm-hmm. Use normal language so that helps. Yeah. yeah. All right. So another dimension to keep in mind here is that this change kind of goes along with the breakfast thing with getting rid of breakfast. So in a version of Pandante before it shipped, like a beta version, it was all about this keeping your cards across gambits and the color of them totally matters and the color matters during the ability phase. And it mattered even more than in the shipped version, because when you said like, I want to do red, which is the raise ability. So one question is, do you have the red? And people could challenge that. But there was another thing about abilities could counter each other. Right. I don't know if you guys yeah. played no, that. No, like remember if you that. had Yeah. Yeah. If you had a green or a blue, I I forget what, if you had a certain type of color, you could counter them. And so that mattered. Now colors really matter because you've got to care about who has which thing to counter you. And you can challenge
2: the counter claim,
0: right? You could challenge the counter. So someone's like, (laughs) I have the green that counters your red or whatever. And then we have to ask everybody at the table, like, well, do you really think they have the green to counter this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then after you resolve that, (laughs) Yeah, then you got to resolve, like, do they really have the thing they're doing in the first place? You go around the table, like, multiple times, just resolve one single ability. Yeah. So the gameplay of that was actually good. It's just excruciating to play. Mm -hmm. So, okay, the ship version doesn't have that reaction stuff anymore. But Mm -hmm. that reduced the importance of this color stuff enough that it just wasn't pulling its weight anymore. So... In this new version, we've just we just said you know we're getting rid of that. There's enough other fun stuff in this game that we don't need that, and we don't need to slow the gameplay down. So when you when it's your turn to do abilities, it's now ridiculously fast. You say like draw peak, draw draw, draw add or whatever, and you just do them. Yeah. <laughs> you don't to, you don't have to go around the table for anything. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
1: One of the things about the abilities in the version where there were colors, there was a lot of like kind of bluffing abilities, like I'm going to do an ability and then someone's going to call me and then I'm going to pay him and it's like some sort of bluff. But I still feel like that's still kind of there. You know, if you're going to say, oh, I have a flush, but I'm going to use draw, it's still kind of like questionable. And so you can still kind of bait people out that way. So I feel like you still retained a lot of that, even though you don't have the colors.
0: What ability you do is giving away information about your hand. That's what you're getting at.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you raise in this game, you actually gave up your opportunity to improve your hand, Mm -hmm. you know, because you only have two abilities. So if you want to do like raise, raise, then you got zero abilities left to improve your hand. So does that mean you already have the good hand and you don't need to draw any cards Uh, or is it just a huge bluff or what? I mean, (laughs) right. Yeah, exactly. it, It says something, though. Okay. The next thing is, is really simple in the tie break phase. That's the part where like you say you have a straight and I say I have a straight and we try to break the tie to see if one of us has a better straight. The way you do that is you say out loud the hand, the, like more detail in the hand you're claiming to have. So we just sped this up. We just made it easier to physically say the words. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, If you have a straight, just say the highest car, just say I have a seven high straight. That's mm-hmm. it. You don't need to name a bunch of cards or whatever. Uh, if you have a three of a kind or whatever, just say it. The most annoying one is actually if you had a flush or a floosh, which again is four cards the same color. Before, you were technically supposed to say all those cards. And there, there was even a kicker, too. A, a kicker is a card that gets your hand up to five. So like if you had three of a kind, that's three cards technically you're supposed to have a five card hand so the kicker is just the junk extra cards you have so we got rid of the kicker and on these flushes and flushes you just say the card in your hand that's the highest number that's part of the flush or flush so yeah like we both say flush and then you say like nine and i say eight and it's over (laughs)
1: This <laughs> yeah. is just way, way f-
0: faster than the, those demos you were involved in
1: well yeah hey we both have flooshes all right you gotta say what all your cards are and then he's gotta say it and then there's a lot a lot of this awkwardness of oh wait okay wait which cards do i actually have i know they're all oh. the same color but i gotta like figure out what numbers they are and-
0: oh man speaking of awkward play tests uh Way worse than people trying to say the hand they have with our old rules. I don't know how I forgot this. It's people trying to prove the color of ability they had. The thing we're talking about a second ago where you say like green red or something. And then people challenge you. You really do have green, red. And you've got to prove that. And you do that by physically holding your cards up where they're all covered except for the bottom strip that shows the color. Mm Mm-hmm. And we are able to do that pretty well, but just random people who played our game were super bad at it, frankly.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do definitely. You that? Oh, yeah, definitely. There was a lot of like, oh, how do I show the color of the card? Oh, you take the card, you put this card over it, you flash it like that. And then it would fumble around for a minute. And then
0: a lot of fumbling. A
1: lot of fumbling.
0: Yeah, and a lot of like just physical screw ups where they show the whole card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: we don't have that anymore.
0: Yeah, that's another reason why the game is much faster because people can't challenge. You don't ask everyone one by one around the table. And then when a challenge does happen, you don't have to. Well, because they can't happen anymore. But there's no concept of like fumbling around with your cards trying to prove that you have a red or or something. Yeah. Okay. so after the tiebreakers, the other huge thing is before you could challenge abilities and you could challenge their hand like at the end. So we don't have the challenge abilities, but we still have the part where you challenge your hand. And I think we've managed to make this much faster. So the original game, if you were out, like if you folded or if someone called you out as a liar on your hand, that forces you to fold. But either way, if you folded, you could not challenge other people on their hands. And in this new version, you can. Whenever there's a challenge of someone's hand, everyone, even the folded players, can challenge. So, Afodix, do you know the terrible rule exception that that gets rid of?
2: So, yeah, there's a whole mess that goes into that. So before, when folded players were not allowed to challenge, you can get into a situation. Like, let's say we're at the round where everyone has already settled on their hand and it's the showdown. We're just, you know, seeing if everyone lied or not. So, every, it turns out in this example, everybody lied about their hand and everybody got challenged on their hand.
0: So, yep. everyone's so got knocked one out. person, But there's one person left right. so who's yeah, last. Yeah.
2: And now that last guy, he actually just has a pair in his hand. But he happened to have his bet sitting on full house, which is higher claim than a pair. So, without adding exceptions, that guy should, according to Win by Lying, get a panda lord because he won the hand and he is claiming a higher hand than what he actually has so you need to add a rule where okay well
0: well why don't why don't we like that though
2: oh well because the whole point of rewarding the win by lying thing is that you had to actually bluff someone and in this case you didn't actually bluff (laughs) you just survived
0: (laughs) right you didn't risk anything. You were never on the line. You never... Yeah, it's just like because you were last, you just happened to be counted as win by lying. Like, it wasn't winning by line. It was just winning. <laughs> <laughs> win by default, right. really. Yeah, win by default. So, we needed to have this to fix that, this terrible exception where hand challenges went in reverse turn order, right? So, if you were... If you have the advantage of being able to choose your claim last, you actually get challenged first, and that was kind of embarrassing to have to explain it to was so it was
2: honestly so confusing that at some point with new players, I would actually just ignore that and hope they'd ever like did the bad thing yeah yeah there was
1: there was a lot of that when kind of demoing this game of let's just not tell them these rules unless <laughs> yeah. we
0: have to <laughs> right. Okay, so folded players can challenge, and now challenges go in the normal order that anyone would expect they'd go in. Uh, another thing is that in the old game, because you could keep your hand across gambits, if you got challenged, there is a reason to not show your hand. Like you could just pay and say, oh, I lied, but you need to keep your card secret. But when we play this with more and more people, whenever people are challenged, they just naturally show their hand, they can't even stop themselves. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh yeah. So now right. that's now that's the rule. If you're challenged, just show your hand because there mm-hmm. isn't any such thing as keeping it for next gambit anyway just Mm -hmm. just always show it another thing is that the challenges okay let's say you've claimed a flush we don't go around the table one by one and go well do you think he has a flush do you think we have a flush everyone simultaneously reveals their choice of challenge or not and that speeds things up a lot too Mm -hmm. and then yet another change there is that let's say that more than one person like three people all challenged only the first one in turn order actually counts and remember that false accusing someone when they do have the hand, like if they really have the flush, it costs five X gold. So in a five player game, that's 25 gold. Well, in these new rules, it's 25 gold once, not three times. So the first
2: thing, the minor, it does a minor thing where it lets the challenging go even faster because if the first guy in turn order knows to, like he knows he wants the challenge, he could just throw it down right away and then everyone else's decision doesn't matter. So we could just move on. But the more important yes. thing is that... Before, in like, let's say a six-player casual for fun game, usually one, if not two or three people pleading with the other players at the table either to challenge or not to challenge based on other people's challenging decisions because of thresholds where someone might win or lose if too many people challenge and they actually had their claimed hand. So you would have this bossy nerd problem.
0: Yeah, like one challenge if it's real if the person lied would be enough to knock them out, but extra challenges piled on top of that, all they're really doing is letting that player win if they didn't lie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, so all that's gone. I think the first thing you mentioned though is actually really significant that if a person early in turn order wants to challenge, it just saves everyone time. This the whole thing of simultaneous challenges is like it's way faster. We actually didn't know ahead of time we're like, would it be faster? And like, oh my goodness, it's It's much faster, right?
1: Oh, after the first time playing with simultaneous challenge, I think it was pretty definitive. Like, this has to be the rule.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so back to winning by lying, uh, the rulebook has this pretty confusing definition of that. There's like, I don't have it in front of me, but there's basically like three steps and you had to qualify in either step one or step two. And then you also had to qualify in step three. And if you meet all those conditions, then you uh, win by lying. And now it is just... Did you win by lying? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) There's no, there's no other steps or checks or whatever.
1: (laughs) It was pretty amazing to see the rules on that. I remember seeing the document that you showed and I'm like, Wow. That's a lot of rules. And now it's super duper simple.
0: Yeah. So the original idea like a long time ago was if you win by lying, you should get a reward for the next gambit. And so that was the rule. Just win by lying. And then we found more and more little problems. Like I said, the rule of thumb to understand all these changes is like there was an underlying idea win by lying. We found more and more problems toward the end of development where it's actually kind of broken unless you add more qualifications and so on. So we did, but by taking a step back and changing some more fundamental things, we don't need to have those qualifications anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In this case, it's the folded players can challenge thing that allowed us to get rid of at least some of those checks. I forget what else there was. Yeah,
1: definitely. And again, it's one of those things that was just a pain in the butt to have to explain to new players you kind of just wish it didn't exist. And you kind of hoped that when players played it, they would not come across any of these broken issues so that you would never have to break their hearts with this complicated rule.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let me move on to the Joker really quick, and then we'll come back to the winning by lying thing. I Just want to get the Joker out of the way. So the Joker is another case where it really feels like it should be any color and any number because that's what a Joker is. Okay. So that's Mm -hmm. in any other game. So that's what it is. It counts as any color and any number. And then people complain like, oh, it's kind of too good. It's like a little too random how powerful it is and you happen to get it. And so we had this rule that said if you win with the Joker, then you only get half the pot. Now, if you lied, like if you didn't show anyone, then they don't know you won with the Joker. So you got the whole pot. But if you got challenged, then uh, you'd only get half the pot. Or let's say that you tied with another player. Well, then you actually only get a fourth of the pot because you only get a half of your share of the pot. And then that's a little confusing because like the other guy gets half and then you get a fourth and then a fourth stays in. So, okay, no, forget that. a simple rule, all right? The new rule is you get the whole pot, just like always, there's no exception. But (laughs) a hand with the joker, a hand that uses the joker, loses to an equivalent hand that doesn't use the joker a natural hand so if i've got four nines and you've got three nines and a joker uh, that's too many nines huh uh if i had (laughs) three nines, well
2: no that could exist as long as two of them are on the board
0: oh yeah 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 you're right no that's fine my example is fine anyway i would win that because you use the joker and i didn't
2: Mm -hmm. yeah and the key there is also the the fact that the kicker cards are now removed from the tie breaks So, like, a lot of times a joker could enable you to have a really good kicker, like you just keep a joker and, like, a 10 or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. you would always have the better kicker. But since kicker isn't a concept anymore, if we both have four nines but I'm using a joker, there's no way for me to get out of that other than ditching my joker and finding the last nine of the deck.
0: Oh, you know, I just thought of another thing that interacts with this uh, that we forgot to mention. We actually switched the rank of Floosh and Full House.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a big
1: one. <laughs> yeah, That is a big <laughs> one.
0: That is a really complicated mathematical topic and we shouldn't even get into that. But at the end of the day, if you're going for a Floosh, you actually have more jumping off points to improve that hand than if you're going for a Full House. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we thought, you know, the Floosh really needs to be a lower rank. I mean, right away from playtesting that change, it, it felt better, but it interacts with the Joker too. Maybe a Fodix can explain better than I can, but the Joker is just super good with Flooshes.
2: Right. Yeah. It's it just it, basically because of the range of hands that you can sculpt while possessing a Joker, like using the exact sample of Full house versus floosh you're allowed to keep so many open-ended hands or make so many open-ended decisions when you're going for a floosh and you have a joker you could be going for like three different things at once if one of them is a floosh but when you're going for a full house you pretty much have to specifically be going for a full house and you really can't be going for much else at the same time i mean there's a little bit of wiggle room but you already have to match something on the board you know
0: the other mm. thing is that the use of Joker to break ties, like if right. we we're both going for a right. full house, uh, let's say I've got three sevens or something, you you know, one of them is a Joker. I can't just like make those into tens Who's because, right. the, you know, I, ha- I have two sevens and the Joker is matching that. But right. on the floosh side, I can. I can say... Yeah. Uh yeah, I just happen to have a ten. I just happen to have the best tiebreak card as part of my floosh. Right. Yeah. The, flo- the floosh. <laughs> the flo- uh, floosh is like the
2: only exception to like the kicker being removed from the jokers because it's technically not a kicker, right? But it still has like the same benefit where you get to win the rank battle
0: because you have a joker. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really good that that's lower ranked and that is like a secret slight nerf to the joker okay so back to the winning by lying thing so in the original game if you won by lying you could get a panda lord and there's six of them for six different colors and you depended on which color cards you had in your hand you could choose which one so that is simplified now you just get the golden panda coin Mm -hmm. and you don't have to read a bunch of text or whatever or decide between several of them to know what it does it lets you draw five cards and discard five cards which you use as an ability during the ability phase that's it once Support for this podcast comes from patrons like you at patreon.com slash Surlin. You can become a patron and support the development of more finely tuned Surlin games, as well as more content on this podcast. And if you do, you get access to a sneak peek at art that's in development and playtest materials for upcoming games. You also get access to a special second podcast, where you can hear behind the scenes of how we actually solve design problems. That's patreon.com slash Surlin. All right. So how about new stuff? I think we've covered all the changes pretty much. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Let's get excited about new things. I'm super excited for the new things. The Pendante expansion. Uh, These new things are actually really fun. So the first one is the part of the title of the expansion. It's Pendante Light and Dark. And it's a set of dark abilities. So the ones... Oh, yeah. One last thing. We did change the abilities a little bit. People can look that up on their own. But it changed the wording here and there. And Mm -hmm. uh, we got rid of the ability where you can steal gold. It just causes so many problems and it's not even that fun and mm-hmm. replaced it with a new ability called new hand lets you get a new hand yeah but anyway there's a totally different set of abilities now you can flip your ability reference card over and on the back there's dark ones so uh, what do you think of the dark abilities <laughs>
2: <laughs> well they were designed to make me angry that's what i think
0: yeah 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 they, they kind of are Pandenta is so lighthearted and this is like the cutthroat mm-hmm. mode it's actually yeah. inspired by the special guest we often have, Garcia 1000, <laughs> and yeah, his was, crazy cutthroat friends.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say that this mode was specifically made for Garcia 1000 and his friends.
2: <laughs> if you like to walk away from your gaming table with a bunch of daggers in your back, this is what we made for you.
0: <laughs> We're talking yeah, you about- can tr- trade cards with someone or delete mm-hmm. One of the cards on the mm-hmm. community cards.
1: If you play Mario with a group of guys and it's all about throwing people off the stage, then you're gonna love Dark Pain mode.
0: It's hilarious that one of the abilities is lower, just to lower the claim that you had because probably someone screwed your hand, and so now <laughs> you can yeah, you can lower what you can't normally do without that ability. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: All right, so that's a completely new way, different way to experience. Pandante. now the next thing is my favorite feature it is the casino cards so it's like every gambit we are going to a new casino and each casino card changes the rules in some way so there's a lot of variety there
1: mm-hmm. i would say that's my favorite too like i really really like these casino cards they're so much fun
2: yeah i feel like that was the first thing we came up to that inspired us to even make an expansion at all right
0: yeah i think yeah. so i think you, i think you suggested it i and did i know I, I did. and i i and I said, well, what would they be? And then you just like rattled some off and they kind of like designed themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, uh, Big Paw Casino, where you got three cards instead of two. And then that actually is one. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and the Quincino, which didn't
0: make it. No, it did. <laughs> oh, well, it did make oh, it though. It did? Oh,
2: really? It's just not called the Ooh. Quincino, huh?
0: It's no, it's not. Uh, it's, uh, it's Quince's Palace, I think.
2: Uh, that's close. That's close.
0: Yeah, so in that, so Quince is about illusion, like a, an illusionary copy of himself or something in other games. And so here there's, instead of five community cards, there are two sets of five community cards. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that is nuts, yeah. that, that casino.
1: It's like Caesar's Palace, but only with more illusions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's terrible. Yeah.
1: That's a terrible joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> does it even qualify as a joke i don't know i don't I, know I don't, I don't think so <laughs> so uh, that just adds so much variety and I, on the one hand you you don't really need to add variety i mean poker is the same every time and people play it hundreds of times and there's plenty of depth in Pandante without any of this stuff but there's just a fun factor to changing things around mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> each hand mm-hmm. each gambit So the next thing is about the panda lords from before. So we got rid of those and now they return as panda champions. The idea there is before there's these six panda cards that have a bunch of text on them and you hardly ever see them. And then when it comes time to pick one, you've got to like read them and like on the spot decide which one you want or whatever. Okay, so the new thing is, no, you get a panda coin that just is a simple thing if you win by lying. But the panda champions you have throughout the game, you start with them. They're like your character, like in an asymmetric game where you pick your character. So there's six different power-ups that, you know, you choose one, you have it throughout the game.
2: They're also
1: very fun. Yeah. Some of the abilities really make the experience kind of a little more wet and
2: wild yeah definitely and also like that there's a ton of variety considering that none of them are really that complicated there's a ton of variety in how they play and for people that enjoy different play styles like i might like to be a more reserved player and plan my my whole handout and you might like to just go nuts at the end or you know whatever it is like there's really a character to support every play style
1: like some of these pandas are just fun the one where you get to have like more snacks is a lot of fun
0: (laughs) so the simplest two are waggles the red hyper panda says you get three abilities instead of two so that's just it's simple and powerful another simple one is Bumbleclaw the lazy panda who says you get to act last always even after the dealer and that i found that is quite good yeah some people
2: are addicted uh, to uh the button
0: yeah, mm-hmm. when you get to go last, it means you always get to see what everybody else does before you have to make a decision. After you have played as Bumbleclod and then you try to play normal, it's like it almost—it's like so stressful. So, like, oh my god, I have to decide things without knowing everything.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Those are the, the simplest ones, but then the craziest ones are. I think Cassie the blue panda the idea is like Cassandra the from Greek mythology could see the future but couldn't change it so Cassie the paranoid panda can see the next two cards after the splash so she can see the 4th and 5th community cards before anyone else like right at the beginning of the game but you can't change them you can change their order but that's it
1: Cassie's for brainy players
2: yeah that's easily my favorite <laughs> easily my favorite of the the panda champions mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Cassie is for brainy players, I think mm-hmm. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people that are just simple brutish players. Just give me a third ability. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? that, that's all I need. Give I more need muscle. To be,
1: yeah. Look, I just then, wanna I just wanna draw three times.
0: I then Cassie, you're doing these tricks like you know, you bet floosh or something, and everyone's like, Oh Cass Cassie's betting floosh. So are the next cards like the same color or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But well, really, they're not. And it's just a mind game. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, the black one, that guy is crazy, too. He looks like a typo or something. When you <laughs> read him, you're like, this, 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 boy, this can't be real.
1: Like,
0: <laughs> he gets to swap the fifth community card with a black card from his hand. Well, with, a, with any card from his hand. And if it's black, he can steal everyone's ante, which is a huge amount of money. Yeah. So it's like it just feels absurdly powerful. But yeah, it's, it's, a lot it's, of it's
2: also it's, it's a bit tougher to utilize in practice, though, which is why he gets that great payoff.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that it, to actually affect who wins with that swap or factoring in what percentage of the time you can get everyone's antis, it, it turns out to be fair. But when you read it, it just sounds crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the Panda Champions. And then the final thing, we actually talked about this, the Diamond Dreams mode. in on the other podcasts, in the Raw Game Design podcast, I brought up the concept that the the deluxe game, has diamond chips, which are very fancy, but you only really need to use those when you play for real money. And when you play the no elimination like social fun kind of way you don't really need them you can use them like if someone has a lot of money you can have them swap out for a higher denomination so it's easier to count but they're not really necessary and i was like you know should we just cut them and try to change the way the real money mode works although that would be a nightmare Mm -hmm. or should we come up with a new use for them and you guys said we should come up with a new use for them so we did and it's a Mm -hmm. diamond dreams mode and in this mode the diamond chips are not money they are power-ups So you have like a limited, you start with three, you have a limited number of them. You can get more as you play and they let you super snack called a big snack and they let you big draw and big add later on, but it's very limited. So you got to make your moves at just the right time. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I actually want to go back and, and listen to that raw game design. Now that diamond dreams mode actually is fully functional, like to go back and see how, how close we were when we first thought of it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the original idea was actually to make the diamond chips the win condition. Right, like, yeah, if you I win three that. diamonds, you yeah. win. And then the secondary idea was the same win condition as always, but they are power-ups to get you there. And we got really far along that first idea, and it was... The problem is that it, it encountered the same kind of things that we had in the development of the base game, the original game of Pandante, where, yeah. like, the idea makes sense, but then when you really think it through... All the details, you have to add so many exceptions to fix so many edge cases that it just started getting just bogged down and terribly inelegant. So we, we switched to the current one where there are power ups and it works way better. It's really simple. You can like yeah. the entire rules for that mode fits on one page right. mm-hmm. with big text. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, OK, I'm do we get to the, do we get to the dramatic that. reveal now where we blow mm-hmm. everyone's like, mind?
1: Well, hold on. Before we do that, oh. I just want to mention that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that, man. I just want to mention, though, that, you know, there was a really fun interaction with the old version as well about how you couldn't win diamond chips when they were the win condition. You couldn't win them unless you won by lying or won by being challenged. And that was a great interaction. And it's too bad we couldn't do it in the Diamond Dreams mode. But we have a
0: casino card.
1: Yes, we have a casino card for that. So. Like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. right. So
0: <laughs> the diamond row that didn't quite work out. The most fun element of it, we captured that in the casino card called Liars Layer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that worked out very nice. Mm-hmm. You just play Liars Layer all the time if you really like it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's have people's mind. Uh, okay. Get blown all now. right. So the
2: dramatic reveal is all four of the things we just talked about with expansion content. They are all compatible with each other.
0: That's right. You can do any you can do any of them you want, any one of them, any two of them, any three wait, of them, or all four of them. Wait, so I can do
1: black mode with diamond chips, no casinos, but with panda champions?
2: Yes. <laughs> you can. And, get, awesome. and, and the best part is it's actually the most fun when you just shove them all together.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can basically choose your level of craziness. So we mm-hmm. simplified the base game, so it's easier to start playing. And then you can choose how much complexity or insanity or whatever you would like to add. It's kind of
2: ironic to me. So, you know, we we came up with this stuff pretty much after we kind of adjusted the base game. So I was like, man, the base game, it's just really fun now. Like Pandante is great now. And then as we ironed the expansion content out and then started playing with it, like I can't even play the base game anymore because it's like I just want to add all the other crazy stuff. There's so much
1: fun. It's crazy how much fun. And you would think that adding all that stuff together, like playing with champions, casinos, and diamond mode would be like kind of overload. But I don't know. It, it kind of all works. I don't. I think it's very easy to play
2: that version. Yeah. Somehow for the amount of things you're adding, it's somehow manageable. Like it really mm-hmm. is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Like I found that even when we have new players, if they can play just one gambit or maybe if they're kind of slow at learning things, then two gambits and they're already ready to add one of these things. Right. I I like to I like to start with the casino cards because that's like, okay, you know how to play the game. We're just going to change one rule about the game and then anyone can handle that. Mm -hmm. And then so maybe another step up for. Panda champions, where each get an ability, but it's not too bad because if you've Mm -hmm. played, you know, just a few hands, I think you understand. I mean, you know, get a third ability or act last; they're very, those are very easy to understand.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you could just choose the easier one of those panda champions. You don't have to use the black one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or the blue one. Yeah, right. So it's it's nice that there's a scaling. Right. Yeah, on. I would not
2: yeah. recommend it for your first playthrough to go with the dark abilities and then pick the blue panda champion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Unless, the diamond yeah. mode. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that would not be my recommendation for uh-huh. a first-time player. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, that's why it's exciting. Well, we yeah. should also talk about the components as the last thing. Because mm-hmm. the components are pretty awesome.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're.
0: Mm-hmm. I've really gone the extra mile on the stuff. So the, the deluxe set has these incredible poker chips. And I was kind of frustrated with the graphic design of real poker chips. Like they look too much like clown money to me. So <laughs> I wanted just like simple, elegant ones that match Pandante. And mm-hmm. we have casino grade clay chips that are yep. really, really nice in the, uh, which everybody, in the deluxe set.
1: Which everybody loves from what I hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone loves... When I read reviews on the deluxe version of Pandante, they talk about how great the chips are. They feel really great. I mean, I own a copy and I already know that they feel great, but it's nice to hear that everybody else have recognized that,
0: you know, they're nice chips. Yeah. So the cards also, we redesigned them graphically to simplify them. They have even fewer elements on them. It's because Mm -hmm. we don't actually need to have you reveal the bottom strip being red or blue or whatever. So it's okay if the number is moved back down there and that lets the, the graphic design of those cards just be simpler and more elegant. Now you don't have to have the new cards. So we are, there's also an expansion where you can use your own chips that you already have and your own deck that you already have. And that's the cheapest way to get all this new content. But if you do get, uh, one of the new base sets, then you have the graphically simplified cards. Now, the betting board, that's a huge thing we need to talk about. That's mm-hmm. a that's a big change in the experience. Now, in the original Pendente game, each player has their own board with all the different hands you can bet on. And it lists all the abilities. And so you place your bet on your own board. And that's good if you're playing on like little tiny tables or something. Like sometimes we do. But most people, they have a table. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. They don't care. It's not so much about space. And it's just about what's the best experience. Mm -hmm. And the problem with Pandante is everyone has... The problem with these boards is everyone has their own separate bets on their own boards. And then there's this rule about snacks. Whoever claimed the highest gets free snacks so who claimed the highest well let me look at player one's board let me look at player two's board let me look at player three and you got to compare all this stuff so our new version has this one big board in the middle one big betting board and the farther right your bet is the higher it is so each player has a different column or sorry i've got row and column mixed up each player has their own row and the columns are the hands and the rows are color-coded and you each have a colored panda that's you, even if you don't use the abilities that we talked about. You, you know, you, you take the red row or whatever. But it's just very simple visually to see whose bet is the farthest to the right because they're the highest. Uh, so I, I assume you like the new board. I remember you voted... In favor of them, like pretty much everyone did. Yeah,
2: I feel like we were both big advocates of the, the new board. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, I,
1: I you know, it was a really good point about how the smaller boards, again, they were really great for the tiny tables that we often had to play f- on for these play tests, which kind of, at least for me, it really colored my view a little differently in that like, oh, everybody plays <laughs> on small tables, but that's totally not true. Everybody has like, people who would play this game would probably have a table to play on, like a big one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not like Pandante
0: takes more space than any other board game, right? So, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. Right. Okay. So another thing that's related to these boards, the standard base set, as opposed to the deluxe one, but the standard one, it now comes with. Miniature plastic chips. Mm-hmm. Now it didn't have any chips before, but now it has these small plastic chips. So in order to keep it as portable as possible, it's the box is the same size as it used to be, but that means the board is smaller than the deluxe version because the board fits in this smaller box. But it all works out because the the chips that you put on it are a little smaller too. Uh, so, so the deluxe one has a full sized bigger board and bigger chips that are you know the same size as normal poker chips. So I think people who want the set will be happy that it does come with bedding materials now
1: yeah it completes the set a little bit now they don't have to go fishing for like extra materials to play the game they could just play it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we ask a lot of people ahead of time before shipping the game if they cared if the basic version had chips and pretty much everyone said that they didn't that mm-hmm. the, they already had chips or they would just buy cheap ones but then after sure. we released it like it was like the opposite it was like everybody complained
1: yeah I think people might have underestimated how annoying it is to have to fish for that stuff or buy your own chips or even have to... I think they were just jealous of the deluxe
2: version's chips.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, okay, maybe that too. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, we have listened to the people and given them what they want. All right, now another thing about the components is this golden panda coin. So I have worked tirelessly to try to make a real metal panda coin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's a lot going on there. Because a real panda (laughs) coin, I mean, a real coin, like the graphics on it are, they're actually 3D because there's like rounded corners and different heights of Mm -hmm. different areas. So yeah, that's pretty tricky to make, but we did it. And after some iteration and testing and manufacturing prototypes, we have an awesome metal gold coin. Oh,
1: really? You have a sample?
0: Or something yes there. it's incredible yes it's oh it's fantastic that's like, awesome I, I was a little worried about it like is it really going to come together oh my god it came together it's fantastic so we can include that if we're able to raise enough money on kickstarter and ideally we'd be able to raise enough to have it be in the deluxe set as well as the expansion which is much cheaper mm-hmm. so people could get it either way
1: yeah awesome
0: yeah, and I have also investigated plastic cards. Now people have asked for plastic cards forever for Yomi, and they are very expensive. Like, <laughs> have you ever played with those uh photics? Oh like uh, yeah, or I, I, had,
2: I had like probably twenty plastic decks, which probably cost me over three hundred dollars for all of them.
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean, well, they're more. Let's see, how much are they? Like more than twenty dollars right. per right. deck? Like, oh
2: yeah, we yeah, actually yeah, more than four. Thirty. Actually, yeah. I'm sorry. Probably five hundred dollars for those or something. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, fine. Nice. Right. Like, yeah, like thirty a deck, or how? What does that work uh, out
2: to? Yeah, I, well, and for poker decks, they usually come in two packs for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the breakdown was anywhere from thirty to fifty bucks for a two pack. But like you know, then you're figuring in shipping and stuff because it's hard to find that stuff like you know in a retail retail store. So.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then keep in mind that the people who are producing that, they are not producing some, like, specialized hobby board game. Like pr- <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. like, the size of their print run is absurdly larger than what I can do. Yeah, right, The one you could ever uh, do. So it's, like, it's pretty much unheard of in board games. There's either zero or one board I haven't, game, maybe. I haven't, that, I haven't
1: heard of a board game that has plastic cards.
0: I haven't heard of one either. Someone mentioned one. I forget what it is. Maybe there's one, but mm. probably zero. <laughs> anyway, it's no it's, it's no surprise because they're so expensive. I, I remember that when I looked into it on Yomi, it was like we could double the price of Yomi if the print run for the new edition was so large that it was larger than the sum of all Yomi decks that have ever been sold, like times two.
3: <laughs>
0: right. Nice. Yeah, nice. so we could double
2: the price if we double all of the print runs ever combined. Yeah. yeah so
0: okay so now how is it possible now well it's barely possible because in yomi it's it's that's doubling the price of the whole thing because the whole thing is just cards right but here it's one component so if that one Mm. component is more expensive like even if it's way more expensive when it's a deluxe version that's already over a hundred dollars it's more possible to absorb that so it's doable if we raise enough Right. So that can be a uh, that's a stretch goal for the deluxe version Mm -hmm. only.
1: Cool. Yeah. I mean, the chips are already a lot. So (laughs) so I see what you mean, how the cards are just one part of the game. It's not like the entirety
0: yeah so the deluxe version has these incredible chips no matter what it has this big bedding board that's much nicer experience the box itself is pretty fantastic it's a leatherette red box it's got a magnetic seal in it we always play with an old prototype one that I
1: (laughs) that's that is the falling apart and (laughs) yeah that's not a
0: production copy the real the real boxes
1: they hold up much better yeah
0: and if we do well, then on this Kickstarter, there could also be this metal panda coin, which I'm telling you is great. Can't wait to show you. And maybe plastic cards if we can raise a lot.
1: Mm. Exciting.
0: All right. So let's do it, huh?
1: Yeah. Let's get the word yeah, out. For sure. Yeah, definitely. So who,
0: who do we tell about this game? Like, I'm kind of torn because there's these two markets. Like, is this for casual board gamers? Is it for poker players? Like, I, I don't know how to reach the poker players. I think it's for to- every person alive. <laughs> it's for every person alive, huh?
1: Everyone. I <laughs> Except I s- people
0: who hate fun enjoy.
1: Yeah, right, right. Like those guys
2: do not. Well, I mean yeah. you I mean you designed a mode for people that hate fun, so like you really do got that covered. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, yeah, we have <laughs> yeah, them yeah, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely. I don't know. It's it's tough. I would say I would say the casual board game market. I think they would really like it. It has the graphic appeal for that market and everything. Pandas are fun.
0: Yeah, it does, but it's also legitimate gambling game. Like the really expert poker players, the people that play online, like for money, as is either part of the, as either a job or mm-hmm. as a supplement, like a huge supplement to their income. They multiple of those people have said they wish they could play Pandante instead of poker mm-hmm. in that set in that setting. Well, then, but it's just, yeah.
1: We need those guys to help us reach the poker community because I have failed trying to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know. Everyone try to do their part and get the word out. I feel Mm -hmm. like if people just knew about this game or could try it or something, they would be into it.
1: Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. (laughs) Show it to your friends. Help us out.
0: OK, my uh, last word on this is that there's also a reprint of my game Flash Duel on the Kickstarter, and we've actually done balance changes and even simplified the rules of that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you know about that, but I, I won't get into that now. But even that game is, is nicer, smoother, easier logistics. And...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Flash Duel, still a favorite of mine. I still have people who really like playing that game. So it's a great little oh. work game. Like, you know, if you work at a game company and you're waiting for a build to go out, play around <laughs> play around of flash do and you're ready to go
0: <laughs> yeah because it only takes a few minutes yeah yeah all right well I hope people enjoy these two games if you have never played Pandante before then there's the new base set or if you are really fancy you should get the expansion set because it's awesome oh sorry the the deluxe set because it's awesome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if you already have pandante you could just get the expansion of course some people are probably gonna get a new base set even if they had the old one just so it's all stored in one box in a nice way
2: yeah, but you don't have
0: to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. The expansion is fine on its own. All right, that's it. Any last thoughts? Go team. Spread the word.
1: Go team. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Let's raise pick, pick a bunch blue, of money. Pick the blue panda. That's all I'd say. Mm-hmm. Pick the blue panda. I mean, you okay. got... Yeah, every, everybody on Kickstarter, you know, contributed to that Exploiting Kitten game. I think this is better. So, uh, <laughs> you know, put money in this one instead. Or both. You can do both. Yeah. <laughs>
0: all right well thanks for coming on you guys all right thanks yeah. take care And no problem all right, take care
1: bye bye
0: and now for our special guest garcia 1000.
3: thanks serlin for having me on as the special guest
0: Oh, no problem. Thanks for coming. Uh, thanks. So uh,
3: today uh, I thought of a topic we could talk about, which is how we uh, train ourselves in the art of rhetoric and in using chat uh, text and how we <laughs> can apply that to real life.
0: Yeah, we train all the time and how to say things in amusing ways or unfair ways as a joke. Yeah.
3: yeah, we're probably at least 15 times more powerful in this than a normal person. I think uh, so. We've
0: had a lot of experience with it. Uh, You know, you said once that trolling with rhetoric is sort of like sex and that when it's consensual, it's really fun and that when it's not, you shouldn't really do it.
3: Yes, exactly. That's my (laughs) view of trolling. If it's fun for everyone, let's let's go hog wild. But if not, then let's hold off on it.
0: I said hog wild yesterday uh, online. I don't (laughs) know if you you copied that. Yes, Uh, yes. Okay, great. So... um, (laughs) So maybe we should give some examples of the kind of like ridiculous statements we're talking about.
3: Right. So uh, one example would be, uh, let's say uh, there's a minor flaw in an otherwise uh, perfect thing. So let's say, uh, let's say Norway, right, is a pretty cool country. It's very desirable. But then one time uh, there was this guy who stole something from a shop. So uh, if you wanted to uh, play around with that, you could say, oh, there's theft in Norway. So much for the Scandinavian dream. that's that's, (laughs) so much so the
0: whole scandinavian dream is now basically nullified because of this one yeah Yeah, i remember the origin of that chat tech it was the comfy balls thing (laughs) that's a brand name of underwear in australia and it's like a common thing there so they applied for a trademark in the u.s and the u.s trademark office denied them saying it's vulgar and then you said so much for the sexual revolution Yes. (laughs)
3: Yes, right. <laughs> that that that's just, that's what I said because you know oh that's the end of it Denied. right just
0: that one little thing and all the work is erased so that's a great yes. tech to, to take a little f- flaw and then make it like this enormous thing yeah we so have
3: dozens of these yeah yeah it, so right
0: fun. and just just that right we have dozens of these but just even that one the so much for x it's hard. <laughs> to not just say that sometimes in real life for, for me.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz like because the opportunity so comes tempting.
0: up and then it's like it's like asking <laughs> to be said.
3: Yeah. It's, it's it's really tempting for me also and you know sometimes you just want to say it and you know you basically know what the effect will be because people who <laughs> haven't been exposed to these it's like a 40-year-old woman seeing Candy Crush. It's <laughs> like so no powerful. resistance, right? Yeah. yeah, it's impossible to resist it. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so what's been your experience with using it?
0: (laughs) Well, I use it mostly on my girlfriend and, uh, uh, yeah, she just jokingly says that like she can't handle that right now. (laughs) Like she just knows that it's some kind of tangle of rhetoric that that it's hard to get out of. And so she just laughs and tries to avoid it. Or sometimes she develops her own. Oh I'm wow. to, Yeah. Okay. Here's one I, that was actually from her. We used to manufacture stuff in the United States and then Ronald Reagan came along. Oh, so, so that's you all know, his fault. Right. Right. Oh, the whole reason that we don't manufacture stuff is Ronald Reagan. Now what, what I like there is that we actually do manufacture less now and it sort of matches up with the timeline of Ronald Reagan. So it like kind of makes sense but it's, yeah. totally, it's totally unfair, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, and if you say, oh, but that's a spurious correlation, then people just look at you and say, what, what are you talking about, man? And so it's totally unfair.
0: Yeah, another one uh, along those <laughs> same lines that she came up with was, we used to have a space program, and then feminism came along. <laughs> there's actually that, no, that, no correlation at all there, but the timeline matches up.
3: <laughs> yeah, that, that feminism ruining everything, oh, man. <laughs> and you know what for me though it's i've had the opposite experience which is that in real life i'm tempted uh, to use these techniques this chat technology uh, yeah. but it feels too powerful to use it's like too it's, powerful. it feels hmm. sort of taboo you know like like if you're fighting against a four-year-old kid or something that's what it feels like to me so uh,
0: well when you're fighting so much- for your life you don't want to hold back on any taboo tactics <laughs> Right. But if I'm
3: fighting a four-year-old kid, I can hold back on the... Jacket. Well, that, that's true. So, but so how do you, so. I
0: mean, I've accused you before of having an uh, ATS, an autom- autonomic trolling system, <laughs> sort of like breathing, where you just don't yeah. really think about it. So why doesn't that happen to you in real life? Like, don't you just say all these clever, tricky phrases we've developed automatically without even thinking about it?
3: Well, there are two reasons for that. Okay, the first is that I'd feel bad for them because like, they would be so outcast that it's not really a a fair contest. And then secondly is that recently I was uh, watching Dragon Ball and then I saw one episode (laughs) in which the Dragon Ball, he trained with 1,000 kilogram weights on his legs so that he could be even stronger when the time mattered. So that's why I've been holding off on these so that I can build up my strength.
0: Well, how does that build up your strength, though, Wouldn't practicing yeah. them build up your strength?
3: Good question. Uh, that's a <laughs> that's a very good question. And and, and it, yeah, and, it's sort of a I'm a you asked that. And, <laughs> and, and it's true that maybe it doesn't build up. Uh, but then on the other hand, maybe it does build up. So who knows?
0: You know, I just gave you an opportunity to use one of our most common chat decks and you didn't do it. You could yes, have used the, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, that was part of the technique. <laughs> Yeah, yes, no, because,
3: uh, you know, some of our listeners, they haven't been exposed to this, this powerful uh, <laughs> technology. So it's wrong to like, it's wrong to just give them this without warning them about it.
0: Okay, well, you could have used the in some ways tech. So how about this? Let's, uh, <laughs> let's just riff on that. Just go back just say any kind of in, in some ways. Phrases okay, sure. Like like in some ways, the sun is the darkest star.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, uh, well, uh, I'm dumb right now because I can't think of any ways in which that was true. But in um, some
0: ways, you're the smartest chatter <laughs> of all. Th-
3: that's, that's true, yes. Uh, being dumb is in some ways the ultimate
0: wisdom, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, what's so great about this phrase is you, if, you do, if you don't use it, if you just say a statement, like a regular statement, especially on the Internet... I think most people's response is to try to tear you down and go like, oh, no, there's some kind of edge case where that's wrong and you're stupid or whatever. But if you say in some ways a statement... There's almost no limit to how wrong you could be. You could say just (laughs) these, you know, crazy opposite of true, just like totally false things and put in some ways in front. And then the burden is now on the listener or the reader, right? They've got to think of a creative way that it's true. And if they can't, then what's wrong? How come they're not creative enough, you know?
3: Yeah, they're dumb. Like if you say like, in some ways, punching yourself in the face is a good way to wake up and and they say, hmm, that's true. You know, maybe if you punch yourself in the face, it toughens your face or something. Yeah, or or maybe the startle
0: response like gets your adrenaline flowing and that might help. So maybe there are some ways. (laughs)
3: so so you have to think of why it's right instead of thinking of why i'm wrong basically this is a very powerful i think
0: do you think there's some way we could make this into a game i just i really want to i've been trying you know like apples to apples or cards against humanity but the trouble i run into though maybe you can think of a way out or or not i don't know but the trouble is that on the one hand you want to have just blanks just like Like a a sentence with some blanks, so they fill them in. But the problem is that's kind of not creative enough. And also it it doesn't really work because a lot of the times these, these form these sentence forms we use are so particular. You can't really put anything in there. You've got to put a certain kind of thing. So that doesn't work. Then the other way to do it is, is like, you just explain the form, like in some ways form, or we used to have X and then Y person came along form and they could just fill it in however they want. But that's kind of like being a comedian. It's pretty hard.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was leaning towards the second method, but then what the problem I ran into is that it's hard to make it a game. It's hard to have scoring and especially it's hard Oh, well, to, I, sorry. I didn't actual, mean a
0: game yeah. though. I know I said game, but I meant uh, activity. We discussed that before. Right.
3: Even an activity, right? It's hard to have a purpose for the activity other than just being like assisted stand-up comedy sort of. So that's, that's the problem I ran into.
0: Right. I mean, we can give you some kind of objective, like, uh, make this person appear racist or whatever. Uh, right, like our right, friend right. BT who recently admitted that he didn't have any <laughs> eBooks against racism on his iPad. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the- <laughs> That's the sort of like activity way of doing it. And if we could solve the problem of basically how do you make it so that maybe six to eight people can enjoy it all at the same time without, you know, it's it's just very, very hard to structure something that works.
0: Yeah. Another example there would be the, the president is holding a dinner at the White House next week and the ACLU will not be attending.
3: So <laughs> yeah. we,
0: now we imply That's that he, he's racist too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah right it's it's sort of hard to know how to structure this. It's just like there's so much to harvest here. We have all yeah, these we, techniques. Yeah.
3: We we spent so much time uh, honing our skills but it's just <laughs> not useful sort of like where the Russian chess grandmasters or something. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a sad life.
0: That's a that's a sick burn right there. Uh <laughs> Here's a complicated one that I had recently. It's like an advanced form. George Bush slept while Hurricane Katrina, the deadliest and most destructive Atlantic tropical cyclone of the 2005 Atlantic hurricane season, decimated part of his once great nation. So the trick there, the middle is really long. You get kind of lost in it. It's like really factual.
3: Yeah. That's a news cast from like Fox news or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it it contains so many facts. I think you just kind of nod and go along with it, but then you think about it, you're like, wait a minute. So he slept during hurricane. That was like, should he not have slept? And then it decimated (laughs) part of his once great nation. Like, so our nation sucks now. That's just, that's not (laughs) even up for debate. That's just like a a, a given and the causality too. Like, (laughs) <laughs> it, it's, it's so long and it's so
3: factual that you don't really want to change it. And you want to think, oh, that's right. So how should I respond to this? And that's, oh man, we have like, actually, I think now over 50 of these. And, and it's amazing <laughs> that we can remember this when, you know, the mind can't even remember seven things at once. So there seems to be more,
0: more room for like trolling chat than other kinds of things we try to remember for some reason.
3: Yeah, I, is, is that... Is that ethical?
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of shady. Here's another oh. riff I did. We often do that. Is like we come up with a form and then we change the nouns around to yeah. imply different things. So that George Bush Hurricane Katrina one, if you just change it around a little bit, Senator Hillary Clinton, supposedly an expert on foreign policy, slept <laughs> while North Korean dictators plotted the assassination of several of their government officers so again yeah, like she sleeping is, sleep. an, is an indictment yeah I mean she's like lazy just letting these things happen she's like supposedly an expert but like I'm kind of saying she isn't just by that phrasing I,
3: I like supposedly it's yeah, suppo- like a, it's supposedly <laughs> it's like the quotation marks in speech uh, uh-huh. that you can President use Obama to-
0: supposedly the first black president said this
3: <laughs> you you can use it if for, even for facts and it, it still makes it seem like <laughs> You know, like water, supposedly vital for humans to live, and then, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then you have some kind of really water, you really need it, and then, and then that, that's how these uh, these movements start.
0: Well, in some ways, water is the least important thing for humans. I agree
3: because. <laughs> uh check
0: checkmate again
3: Ah, uh, sad <laughs> i lost again
0: you know no oh. wonder you're not a russian chess master
3: <laughs> oh great.
0: okay well yes now that i've won the chat let's just end it right here
3: yeah i surrender <laughs> thanks
0: okay yeah. well uh until next time i see you